we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study and emergency health alert for May 4th, 2020. Next report, just a clip uh, entitled, The Gates Foundation is behind the completely wrong COVID-19 death toll numbers, which is the main reason we are still in lockdown. And we'll go ahead and roll this little video now. Well, welcome to the show. So much to get to today when it comes to the coronavirus and specifically these projections that were so completely wrong about how severe the coronavirus would be, more importantly, how deadly it would be. And this is a very important question. And the reason for that is because there were essentially two medical institutions, if you will, that made projections about the death rate associated with the coronavirus. And those projections steered the decisions not just of politicians and leaders in the United States, but around the entire world. It is the reason that after six weeks, much of the world remains under lockdown. It was because of projections that were made of tens of millions of people dying. In fact, those projections claim that here in the United States, as many as two million yes. people would die from the coronavirus. and. That's if we did nothing. And with social distancing, even if social distancing took place, we would still see over 200,000 people die as a result. Now, here we are uh, six weeks into this. We know that there are 40,000 deaths attributed to the coronavirus. Now, that, this was April 25th, and that, the, the video was another re recording of a recording, so that I don't know when this was actually released. So, uh, But anyway, I, I think you're getting the point. But those numbers are so flawed in so many ways. We're gonna to get to that in a few minutes. Let's talk first about these institutions. So there are two institutions, as I said, that essentially were the ones coming out and saying that there were enormous risks associated with the coronavirus. The first one is the IHME, the Institute for Health Metrics Evaluation out of the University of Washington in Seattle. Now taking that study and also one done by the Imperial College of London, so it's not even here in the US, the Imperial College of London insisted that over 200,000 people would die in the United States, and up to, if we did nothing, two million people would die as a result of the coronavirus. These numbers were completely flawed. They were completely wrong. How wrong were they? Well, April 2nd is when these initial claims were made. By April 5th, and then again on April 8th, both the IHME and the Imperial College of London actually significantly lowered not only their death count and what they predicted the death count would be, they also reduced the number of hospital beds that would be necessary and the number of ventilators that would be necessary. Why? Because the numbers were completely wrong. And when they saw that the numbers were completely wrong, they were able to go back and adjust so that they wouldn't look like they were completely wrong, and yet the effect of what they had said was already in place. Because even as the numbers were corrected, policies were not corrected. The Trump administration did exactly. not change their policies. Exactly. States' governors did not change their policies. Mm -hmm. Mayors of cities did not change their policies because all of it was still based on the- Even though they weren't getting their, their, their death numbers, they was, it was full steam ahead with the Luciferian agenda, in other words. And so, and, and that's the death numbers, and that's when they're being unbelievably padded, where, you know, car accidents and heart attacks and everything, anything goes is being brought under that umbrella. So who knows what the real death numbers are? It may be one quarter of, and again, then, then that would be, well, what about if they had all of these other contributing factors? Comorbidity is, is the two doctors were, were talking about. They had all these other things. One foot on a banana peel, one in the grave, and then COVID-19 comes along and just, you know, it's, it's like, you know, 
um, what's what's an analogy? You know, it, it's it's like just this one little thing that comes along and just is the last thing that pushes you into the grave. You know, so that's that's something else to to think about regarding all this model that claimed 200,000 people would die. Now, what do these two institutions have in common? Well, it might sound conspiratorial, but you need to follow the money. Who is funding the IHME and who is funding the Imperial College of London? And the answer for both those institutes is the same. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Of course. The IHME was actually launched in June of 2007. And it was launched based on a core grant of $105 million, primarily funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Then in 2017, the Gates Foundation actually came back and funded almost three times that amount to keep the IHME moving forward. Again, in 2017, the Gates Foundation provided the IHME with another $279 million grant. In addition to that, the Imperial College of London has also been receiving tens of millions of dollars in grants from the Gates Foundation and $14.5 million from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in support of efforts to improve and expand access to health care in developing countries. Again, listen, there's nothing wrong with the Gates Foundation putting money into these institutes. What matters... Well, yes, it is because it's the fox guarding the hen house. Nothing is reliable in that regard. The, the, the statistics are, are obviously, you know, you're going to be beholden to who's, who's ever paying you the money to do these things. And they've been instructed, okay, really make these devastating projections. And it may be that they really thought those projections would be accurate because of what they had been able to accomplish in Wuhan, China. But it was the perfect testbed city. They weren't figuring into the factor of, I really also believe the power of prayer and God's ability to stop this as it as it did get released so then they had to just start making stuff up is whether or not the funding flowing into those organizations is skewing science oh, come on. and whether or yeah, not the predictions they're making are science-based predictions or politically based predictions so why do all of this well gates himself has said that the only way to get back to normal from this pandemic which as the numbers continue to come in does not appear to be a pandemic at all is if there is a global vaccine created and mandated for all populations around the world. That's what Gates is ultimately saying. It's what the IHME is saying. It's what the, the Imperial College in London is saying. Over and over, these organizations and the cronies of Bill Gates, people like Dr. Anthony Fauci, keep stating that the only way we get back to normal is if there is a global vaccine. And it's Gates himself who has invested in seven different companies working to create that vaccine. And so what does all of this mean? Well, it simply means this, that in the moment when so many Americans, as I mentioned, 26 million Americans find themselves unemployed, when, when you have business owners who don't even know if they're going to be able to reopen again, when so many people's lives are being dramatically and severely impacted by this virus, and it's not even the virus that's severely impacting most people, it's the politician's response to the virus that is significantly impacting people. As that is happening, we have to ask the question, are the decisions that are being made based on science or based on politics? Are the institutions that are being given credit as being authoritative basing their data on science or on politics? 
when companies like YouTube say that they will ban any video that contradicts the WHO, are they acting in the name of science or of politics? And when a politician decides that skewed numbers, made-up statistics, bad information, and, and projections that are flat-out wrong can be used to guide your life in a way over which you have no power, well, in that case, government has gone too far. Guys, thanks for watching. That's our report for today. We'll have much more. Continue to follow this. I know you will, too. Continue to follow me on social media, and we'll see you next time. So definitely share that video with as many people as you can. That's really what it's all about. I said yesterday, I'm thinking maybe I should just stop doing this stuff. Got a lot of positive responses. So I will continue to do these things. And I do think they are working and effective. It's just some days, like with the hockey guy there, it's kind of like, why bother? But there really is a reason to do it. It does affect other people. I have zero doubts, none, that some people on that Hockey Guy channel started looking into this now. And as they start hearing more and more things, they'll start to go, hey, maybe they're right. Yeah. And that's really the key. The problem is we don't have much time. If we can't get these uh, lockdowns ended, and I don't mean the government says you're allowed to go outside anymore. I mean people just don't care. Uh, if we don't do it soon, the complete collapse of everything and massive famines, the, the food supply system's really been, if it's not opened up in days, max a week or two, you're going to see famines everywhere, including in the U.S. And what have I been saying for years that this is coming? The U.S. will start to look like Venezuela. Look at all the people lining up for their government handouts now. He's showing an overhead picture in Venezuela of this unbelievably long line of cars lining up for government handouts. And that, that particular gentleman that I told you burned his stimulus check uh, on that Facebook video, you know, he's he's he knows this is where this is moving. If we comply, if we capitulate, if if we take the government payouts and say you know, we'll go along with whatever you tell us to do, government, just keep the money coming, which is where, where they want us to, they, and they know a, a large swath of the population is going to comply. I mean, uh, from what I've heard from a lot of people, a lot of people have just given up, like, regarding jobs and stuff, as long as they're getting the check. I've heard a lot of people have put on a massive amount of weight and and just totally let themselves go physically in this very very short period of time they're not working anymore they have no purpose a big reason why when people retire that it's a proven statistical fact that they typically die within one to two years is because we're designed to have purpose in life okay and when you retire and you say okay now this is for me i'm not going to work anymore i'm not going to do anything anymore well there's a there's something in your body that says okay well you're your purpose on here is over. Your purpose on planet Earth is over. And you check out. You die. And I think that's kind of a reason to a certain extent where you'll have one partner dying in close proximity to another because maybe they were, you know, maybe that was their their reason to live in life. Their, their husband or their wife and that type of thing. That also happens quite a bit as well. And um, you're seeing a lot of that. People are just, you know, kind of giving up letting themselves go and and um 
I, I'm hearing about that from a lot of different people. They can't leave their house. They're all bankrupt. 26 million people lost their jobs in the U.S. alone. Extrapolate that to the world. We're easily talking hundreds of millions. This is the biggest event to ever happen. And all. Okay, so next report, just to remind us a little bit about the philanthropic uh, wonderful things that Bill Gates has done for us. Bill Gates paralyzed half a million children with polio vaccines. <clears throat> Do we really want him vaccinating the world for coronavirus? And here's here's a little little infographic here. This man who now controls the WHO, HHS, and Dr. Fauci. Will he control you too? He's not an engineer. He never finished college. He's not a doctor. He's not an epidemiologist. He's not a virologist. He's unelected. He visited Jeffrey Epstein's pedo island countless times, along with Bill Clinton and Donald Trump, I'm sure. He's a documented thief. He owns the virus patents on the coronavirus, COVID-19, and he owns vaccine companies. And he paralyzed half a million children with polio vaccines in third world countries. But we definitely want him and trust him now with the coronavirus, right? I mean, come on. Why can't we all just get along, you know? It's difficult to understand how a man whose vaccine initiatives have injured and killed untold thousands of innocent children, and there's a link to that, all those reports on all the children he's killed, um, 490,000, uh, about half a million children, paralyzed by his polio vaccine. And again, they view that like, a Luciferian would view that like, oh, good, we, we they're going to die because they've got polio. But in the meantime... They're suffering to the maximum extent possible. And we're going to vampirize all those demons and devils out there, vampirize off the suffering. That's what they feed on. That's like their food. Can you imagine the punishment in hell and the lake of fire that a guy like Bill Gates is going to go through? You know, I, I, I can't even possibly imagine that. I wish he was, he was shown his fate so that maybe he would stop what he's doing but then again he's probably not even human anyway um <clears throat> so he's killed untold thousands of innocent children all around the world and is now being given a platform to push for mandatory wuhan coronavirus covid19 vaccinations as a condition for ending the lockdowns bill gates in case you had not figured out the character in question is pushing not just for mandatory vaccination for the Wuhan coronavirus, but also for digital vaccine certificates that prove vaccination status. This is the only way people will be allowed to return to work assuming Gates gets his way. But but have people forgotten that Gates have spent billions of dollars over the years vaccinating children for other things, all the while inflicting them with permanent injury and even death? A single vaccine campaign that Gates launched in India for polio ended up causing non-polio acute flaccid paralysis, or NPF. NPAFP, which is the abbreviation, or um, or permanent paralyzation in nearly half a million children between the years of 2000 and 2017. After the Indian government demanded Gates and his cronies leave India following the epidemic of permanent injury, rates of NPAFP dropped precipitously. Why? Because he wasn't there anymore. Um, but this has not stopped Gates from inflicting similar damage elsewhere with injury and death tolls that more than likely are in the tens of millions at this point. An outspoken eugenicist and elite supremacist, Gates lives to vaccinate. 
after conveniently ditching the board of Microsoft right as the Wuhan coronavirus pandemic started to come into full swing, probably because he needed to be focused in on this uh, mass vaccination worldwide global campaign. He couldn't really mess with Microsoft anymore. He's been doing nothing other than advocating for mass vaccination and indefinite lockdowns until everyone on the planet is jabbed and chipped. Now, I'm throwing this in here because this is what I covered in my avian flu presentation back in 2006. Just as a summary, um, as a reminder that they've already done this before, did a military experimental vaccine in, t in 1918 kill 50 to 100 million people blamed as the Spanish flu? Newly analyzed documents revealed that the Spanish flu may have been a military vaccine experiment gone awry. It definitely was. And looking back on the 100th anniversary at the end of World War One, we need to delve deeper to solve this mystery. During the pandemic of 1918-1919, the so-called Spanish flu killed 50 to 100 million people, including many soldiers. The reason they give you such a broad range is because they were burying people in mass graves and they were so afraid they were going to get infected, it was almost impossible to keep an accurate body count worldwide. People weren't concerned about body counts. They were concerned about getting people in the ground okay so they didn't get infected by the dead bodies that's why there's such a discrepancy there many people do not realize that that disease killed far more soldiers on all sides than the machine guns or mustard gas or anything else associated with world war one the pandemic the summary of this report and i'm not going to go through the whole thing it's a very long lengthy well-documented report but here's the summary the pandemic was not a flu okay an estimated 95 percent of the deaths were caused by bacterial pneumonia not influenza virus the pandemic was not spanish the first cases of bacterial pneumonia in 1918 traced back to the military base in fort riley kansas from january 21st uh to june 4th 1918 an experimental bacterial meningitis vaccine cultured in horses by no other than the rockefeller institute for medical research in new york city was injected into soldiers at fort riley Imagine that. During the remainder of the 1918, as those soldiers often living and traveling under poor sanitary conditions were then sent to Europe to fight, they spread, and those are the ones that lived, they spread the bacteria at every stop between Kansas and the frontline trenches in, vac in France. Now, by why were people so susceptible to this? Well, because um, they had never been exposed to this because it was an experimental thing done in a vaccine and then injected and then they became vectors of viral sh shedding to spread this what they term as the spanish flu of 1918-1919 to everybody they came in contact with and people didn't have any kind of natural immunity because it was laboratory created just like the wuhan coronavirus but this time it's not working out maybe because our immune systems have been exposed to so much unbelievably horrific garbage over the years that in certain instances we're actually more able to deal with things i don't know it's hard to say um <clears throat> one study described soldiers with active infections who were aerosolizing bacteria that colonized in their noses and throats while others often in the same breathing spaces were profoundly susceptible to the invasion of and rapid spread through their lungs by their own and others colonizing bacteria again if you want to get the, the complete breakdown of this report i give you a link to that in this pdf the spanish flu attacked healthy people in their prime bacteria pneumonia attacks people in their prime flu attacks the young the old and the immunocompromised it, so it attacked everybody when World War I ended on 
November 11, 2000, or, or November 11, 1918, soldiers returned to their home countries and the colonial outposts spreading the killer bacterial pneumonia worldwide. During World War I, the Rockefeller Institute also sent the anti-meningiococcic serum to England, France, and Belgium, Italy, and other countries helping spread the epidemic worldwide there. So there you have the Rockefeller, which are like a proxy group of the Rothschilds, which is the highest family of the Illuminati, who owns the troll, controls lock, stock, and barrel Donald Trump and the New World Order. Okay, and they're all probably Bill Gates, I'm sure, and all of them are on their payroll. So it's the same perpetrators, just you know, it's a hundred years later doing the same stuff. Um, <clears throat> next report: Thermarazol damage. Why Dr. Rashid Buttar believes thermarazol mercury is dangerous, and why this is, why is this in vaccines and dental fillings? Because the dental profession is absolutely complicit in that as well. Let's go ahead and play this short video here. We've been treating people with immune deficiency, i.e. cancer, HIV, all these things, because that's what really what it is. Cancer is really, cancer is not the problem. Cancer is a symptom of, you cannot have cancer if your immune system's intact. The only way you can get cancer is if your immune system's been damaged. And as of December, we had 14 patients, one four, 14 patients with stage four cancer, terminal, six months left to live, you know, three months, whatever, is metastatic disease, 14 cancer patients that are now 15 years out since we treated them. One of them is over 20 years out. Now, when they say cancer, remember, once you stage four, it's terminal and there's nothing left and they refer to hospice. When you start looking at things like that or autism, autism is incurable. Aut there's no such thing as autism. Autism is toxicity. Autism is simply stated, and again, I know we're not here to talk about cancer or autism, but I just want to give you the background of how this, this misinformation that's been going on for decades Autism is nothing more than mercury toxicity on board a physiology with a genetic predisposition for the inability to excrete mercury. Right. And people say, well, it's not just mercury. And this is this is a this is this MD, this Dr. Buttar. It's mercury. I have treated 3,800 kids, and our protocol has been used in some fashion or form or some level of it by over 1,800 doctors. Almost 40,000 kids worldwide have been treated with some partial form of our treatment. And I can tell you that it's only mercury. Mercury causes denudation of the neurofibrils. Nothing yes. else causes that. Yes. Mercury is the second most toxic substance known to man. And tell me this, if it's the second most toxic substance known to man, why do we have it in our teeth and our amalgams? Right. Outgassing at five to nine nanograms per deciliter per tooth per day. Yeah. Why, are we why do they dump fluoride, which is another one of the most toxic substances known to man, a, a, a toxic byproduct of the aluminum industry, why do they dump that into our water? Why do they dump chlorine, which was another, you know, gassing of, of World War One type of thing they used to, to as a weapon? Why do they dump that into the water system when they could use far safer things like silver, like um, hydrogen peroxide and things of this nature? Why do they dump that into, into the water system? Why, why do they do all? Because they're trying to kill us off and brain damage us. And they've been doing so for, you know, well over 100 years. Using it in our vaccines. Like Congressman Dan Burton, when he talked about that, he said, well, it's not in there, and then people were testing it. I didn't finish explaining that. Congressman Dan Burton asked for investigation into this, and there were three different uh, lots of vaccines labeled. I don't remember which vaccines there were, but they were labeled thimerosal-free. But when they tested them, they had thimerosal in there. Right. So there was a congressional- So you don't know what's in the vaccines. It could say thimerosal-free, thimerosal-free, which is the mercury, 
that's what thermarazole actually is they say it's a preservative or whatever they're putting the most second most toxic substance known to man in the vaccines and injecting it at this unbelievably high rate into babies and even though it might say mercury free it's not because they're here to kill you and to lie to you and to deceive you and that's why i don't trust anything that the government or the medical pharma cartel tells us i'm hearing where they had the head of the fda and the head of the ftc and congressman dan burton asked the head of the ftc what is and I'll explain this this is thimerosal free yet we've tested it, it has thimerosal on it explain yourself and the head of the ftc said i have to defer to the fda so that's a truth in marketing truth and advertising issue he defers to the fda the head of the FDA at that time, and this is the most appalling thing to me, the head of the FDA says, well, we are telling the truth. There is no thimerosal in there that was added in there. And Congressman Dan Burton's like, here's a report. So explain to me, if you're saying that there's nothing added in there, get this explanation. The FDA said, when we have a vial, when we have a vial, and we put thimerosal in that vial, and we put the vaccine in the vial, we do all this other stuff, then we have to label it as thimerosal. But now we don't do that anymore. We don't add thimerosal to that vial. We now use it during the manufacturing process. So when we add it to the bottle, it's just the end product. We haven't added any thimerosal to it. So therefore we don't have to disclose that it has thimerosal. In it. wow. It's used in the manufacturing process, not added as another ingredient. And Congressman Dan Burton, ask for criminal sanctions to be brought against the head of the FDA and the head of the FTC. This is a matter of congressional record. And do you know how much the media covered it? Zero. Nobody talked about it. They totally whitewashed it and blanketed it. Like, like no, nothing ever, ever happened. And then you've got the people, the corrupt people like Anderson Cooper that bring Congressman Dan Burton on and then try to, like this couple of years ago, and try to attack him this way. And you could tell Congressman Dan Burton held his own, but he's not a scientist and it was hard for him. So I put the challenge out. Why don't you have a real doctor or scientist come up there and talk? I was supposed to be on NBC Good Morning America, myself and Boyd Haley on NBC's, I think it was NBC's uh, show, Good Morning America, about, about the vaccine aspect. And after a whole bunch of stuff, within two days of being broadcast, a five-part series, it went dead. They didn't want myself or Boyd coming. And I talked to one of the producers afterwards, and he said, I can't explain to you, Dr. Patar, what happened, but... Uh, we, we're not going to have you in the show. And I was like, that's fine if that's what you guys decided. I happened to talk to Boyd Haley, who used to be the head of the Department of Chemistry at the University of Kentucky. And Boyd said, well, of course, they're not going to have you on there. The reason they don't have you and me is because of their advertising dollars. Exactly. And I didn't understand what he meant. Yeah. Apparently, six different pharmaceutical companies that had over a $500,000 daily budget. This is what I was told. $500,000. And I mentioned this earlier. This is why the mainstream media is, is so, you know, an absolute total tool of the medical pharma cartel and a mouthpiece for them because guess who's writing their paychecks guess who's you know they're getting most of their ad revenue directly from you're not going to bite the hand that feeds you you're going to do exactly as satan tells you to do uh, whether the number's accurate or not but a half a million daily budget on advertising throughout the good morning show they were they were basically told that if i was on the show and if boyd haley was on the show they were going to pull their advertising budget for the next six months so why would they do that? They're just they're censoring. That's another form of censorship. Oh, so evil. I love that guy. I mean, he's he nails it. He nails it every time. New COVID-19 laws just released by the CDC. The new norm is a nightmare police state. 
And again, like I said, a lot of good, a lot of bad to report on, but I, I am seeing some very, very good things moving in a very positive direction. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Restricted Republic. My name is Justice Knight. I can't thank you enough for being here. Just so you're aware, the Washington Post, it appears the government front publication arm, has launched expanded guidance or released or reviewing or predetermining expanded guidance on reopening society. Actually, the guidance comes from the CDC. 17 pages of Orwellian freak show that we promised was going to happen. Before we go any further, if you haven't subscribed to me here on YouTube, I certainly hope you will. Make sure your bell is checked. If not, you will not be alerted to upcoming broadcasts. Also, if you haven't joined us at Restricted Republic, right now we're still offering one month for free, a shorter time remaining on that offer. So please, if you haven't, take us up on it. Enjoy it because there is so much to cover, including today. Sharp debate is reported over guidelines for worship services and restaurants in this expanded guidance coming after the opening, the never reopening of America again plan. No, this is new guidance that is delineated right here. 17 pages of things that, as we promised you, unfortunately, are now coming true. There are certain consistencies within this entire plan. We'll cover those first. Social distancing remains enacted throughout every stage. It makes no difference if it's phase one or phase three, as we told you would happen. Right. And, actually, let's go to where it really gets to be a freak show. This is interim guidance for school and day camps. I'll zoom this in so you can read it a little better. In all phases, you must protect yourself, and we must keep those at higher risk for severe illness protected, which we have concurred with since the very beginning, except this should be defined to only those who have a higher risk for severe illness, but that's not what they want, because this is the totalitarian state now. This isn't a free state anymore. No matter what anybody tells you, we no longer live in a free society. There is a new law now, and that law is called COVID. COVID is the new great law of the land dictating everything. But let's I digress. We're going to go into safe hygiene practices as they've asked for since the very beginning. Nothing has changed there. Wash your hands. But what they have added and is now going full force, teach and reinforce use of cloth face coverings amongst all staff. So get used to seeing it. That isn't going away along with physical distancing. Make sure we clean, we disinfect, and we right. ventilate. Which uh, we covered that as the mds so several mds today so eloquently put it all that's going to do is is ultimately lessen and lessen and lessen your own immune system function disinfect everything wear your wear your 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 masks which is going to deplete you of oxygen which is going to deplete you of ever getting exposed to anything so put yourself in this little sterile bubble because we know that's going to make your immune system take a nosedive and then you're really going to be susceptible when the next wave comes out and all of the other things with social distancing and all the other insane uh, garbage that they're trying to put on us. Not going to cover these in each of the phases any further. Cancel. All field trips are gone. All intergroup events are gone. Yes. All extracurricular activities are gone Amen. in phase one and two. Restrict mixing between groups. We're going to keep one group of children together, confined. That group will remain 
what they're saying here is almost with one teacher or one volunteer. So any interchange or exchange of information among students, a bigger population and things we all love during school, those days are... And then, and then they're going to be in their nice little 5G kill grid because now they've got all the 5G probably in a lot of these schools fully installed so that they can pull off what they did in Wuhan now and then and then say listen we tried look at all the things that we did with social distancing and sanitation and all these things then they turn that 5g kill grid on but look at all the children that have died now because they turn on that 5g kill grid in the schools and then they're going to say well look you know this is just a, a second wave came and despite our best efforts all these kids died and, and what can we do but even get more draconian measures? That's where this is heading unless there's massive pushback. Gone, including cafeteria. You want to go to lunch? No more. You'll be eating lunch in your classroom. This is like those old black and white movies where everybody's sitting in their seat and they're afraid to get up because they've been isolated under this new totalitarian regime of suppression. And this is the world now we live in and unfortunately our children are now living in. Phase three. Consider keeping classes together to include the same group of children, just reinforcing what I just told you. Staggering arrival and drop-off times or locations. Remember what we warned that the school day was going to become very, very long and ominous? Well, that is coming true because we can't have anybody, you know, talking to each other or seeing each other in this plan. Limit sharing, no sharing. Food is offered at an event, has to be pre-packaged. Avoid sharing electronic devices, toys, books, or other games. So basically, children, don't be children. No. There's the recommendation Absolutely. so far of our CDC. Yeah. But here's the terrifying... And these are the Luciferians trying to kill us all off. And yet they're acting like they're doing this for our, our own safety and our own health. Because Satan cares so much. Part I think you all need to understand, because this is also consistent throughout every section of this document 17 pages luckily we're already on six because i'm trying to skim this as fast as i can closing i'm going to go full screen so you can review this with me check state and local health department notices daily about transmission in the area and adjust operations accordingly in the event a person diagnosed with covid 19 is determined to have been in the building and poses a risk to the community programs may consider closing for a short time to disinfect because the closing is never going to stop. This is not a reopening plan. It's a partial reopening so that you feel somewhat free, but in actuality, you're not free any longer. We no longer live in a free society. Now, this is George Orwell, 1984, Aldous Huxley, Brave New World, all rolled up into one. Now we're going to skip over some of these communities of faith. You could imagine this is highly contested because now we're going to tell religion how that they should act, that they also need to maintain social distancing, limit the size of gatherings in accordance with guidance and directives of state and local authorities. <laughs> you better wear your masks to church. You better turn in all your information when you go through that door so the government has it. You better have your phone apps turned on through contact trace, or it's, they're not even hardly going to need that. And you better be six feet apart from one another in the pews and wear your COVID-19 masks. You know, and, and, and have your temperature taken at the door. And you were still going to take all your personal information. And God forbid anybody is running a temperature because then you're all going to be get, get a visit a visit from the uh, from the health department or whoever, whatever Nazi is going to show up at your door. Church and state are now completely commingled. Yeah, to the well, they already were anyway.
The 501c3 corporate church system was already commingled. This was just a natural progression in that direction that I've been predicting for years was going to happen. I didn't exactly know it was going to happen this way, but it makes perfect sense from a satanic standpoint. New law of COVID. Welcome to the new laws of COVID. Considering having a soloist or strictly limiting the number of choir members and keep at least six feet apart between all individuals. Consider having clergy hold virtual visits. I'll make this larger again. I apologize instead of in homes or in the hospital, except for certain compassionate care situations. The state telling the church how to run. This is going to ignite a firestorm, and rightfully it should. Our freedoms are gone. Our freedoms are gone. Our freedoms are gone. This is the COVID takeover. The 501c3 church better, better grow a backbone, or this is just going to get worse and worse. Over. But we'll go to the next phase. Oh, wait, down in the bottom here, under phase one and three. In the event a person diagnosed with COVID-19 is determined to have been in a building and poses a risk, it is strongly suggested to close and properly clean and disinfect. Properly clean, disinfect, and close, and close, and close. Every time there's a case of COVID-19, close. Another case, close. Are you starting to get the gist of what this guidance is about? Luckily, we're at page 10 in interim guidance for employers with vulnerable workers, and they go through how to reopen your business, same hygiene practices, limit travel, modify community. Now, this has a bigger implication because obviously if you're limiting travel and you're limiting interaction, you're limiting spend, but we won't go that far in this broadcast. I'm going to keep it very confined to this one. Interim guidance for restaurants and bars. This is a joke. Phase one, bars remain closed and restaurant service shall remain limited to drive through curbside takeout or delivery. Oh, you thought phase one you were going to be able to open your restaurant? No. That won't have any dire economic impact whatsoever. Not at all. Phase two, bars... Yeah, they got to keep that cattle dying in the fields and they got to keep the uh, uh, keep the vegetables and the fruits and all that rotten in the fields, which is, you know, what they're doing by keeping the restaurants closed. That's one of the main bottlenecks that used to be open that's not. And they're doing that by design on purpose until all the restaurants are, I guess, put out of business other than maybe big corporate chains. Bars may open with limited capacity because people go to bars to have limited capacity. Makes a lot of sense. Nobody wants to socialize or talk to one another. Of course, that's not what they want. And seating capacity that allows for social distancing. Bars may open with increased standing room occupancy on phase three that allows for social distancing. Are these people morons who write this stuff? Do they actually believe that any of this is even remotely enforceable? It's a joke when you read some of these government documents. Restaurants may operate while maintaining social distancing, which changes the entire economic dynamic of re the restaurant business, which changes the food supply, which is going to put more businesses that we have been warning are going to go out of business because they can't operate under that model. It doesn't work. The economics don't work. The new COVID law will tear down everything. It is destroying society. We've let it consume us, and we're doing nothing to stop it. But we'll go a little bit further. We'll go to the final step. If I, I don't even know if I want to at this point. But nonetheless, be prepared to close for a few days if there is a case of COVID-19 in the establishment. Be prepared to close. Be prepared to close. Rolling Closures, rolling lockdowns will continue. Rolling lockdowns, freedom's gone. You can't exist. You can't exist free when you don't know what tomorrow will hold. It doesn't work. That's not the way the country was built. That's not the way freedom was built. 
but we'll continue to mass transit. You know what? Honestly, it makes no difference. It makes absolutely zero difference at this point. Because if you don't see the writing on the wall at this point, there, there's not much that's going to help you. Because they are moving full force to, the, to obeying the, the new god liturgy of COVID, letting it dictate all our laws. For those of you who said President Trump is no longer in charge, you're right. COVID is now in charge. COVID is in charge of everything, and the sheep will continue to allow that to happen. And they've done nothing, nothing to change it, but we need to. And here's what I'm going to ask of my audience here. You want to know what you can do? Be a restricted first responder. Be the first responder on Twitter. Be the first responder on Facebook. Be the first responder on every post. Make sure that you are as loud, and in some would say obnoxious, as the liberal globalist left, who have taken over media, consumed everything, and that is what our younger generations are reading and listening. So if we don't rise up to that, if we don't exceed that expectation, if we don't match that expectation, they will continue to win. And let this be proof. Every now, and again, that really mirrors the quote I gave you at the very start of this. First quote I said, Samuel Adams, it does not take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men that's what he's in reference to there being the first being the first responder and and um getting the word out on what the truth actually is anything we've predicted is right here before your eyes once again if you haven't subscribed to my youtube okay so we have that uh let's go further here trying to get back to where i was at here uh let's see so next report, <clears throat> COVID-19 devil vaccine test begins as volunteer patient-administered first shot, CBS News. U.S. researchers gave the first shot to the first person in a test of an experimental coronavirus vaccine Monday, leading off a worldwide hunt for a vaccine even as the pandemic surges, uh, uh, for a pandemic they created by design on purpose, then most likely they've already got the vaccine, but they have to put up this facade that they're searching for this. With a careful jab and a healthy volunteer's arm, soon to be very unhealthy, scientists at Kaiser Permanente Washington Research Institute in Seattle began an anxiously awaited first study of a potential COVID-19 vaccine developed in record time. We're, we're team coronavirus now, Kaiser Permanente study leader Dr. Lisa Jackson said on the eve of the experiment. Three others were next in line. Uh, for the jab that will ultimately give 45 volunteers a chance to die. Oh, I mean, uh, two doses a month apart. Sorry. Threw that other in there. And then, Senator and medical doctor reveals U.S. hospitals are getting paid much more to label cause of death as coronavirus. Senator Scott Jensen represents Minnesota. He's a doctor. He's appeared on Fox News with Laura Ingram, where he revealed a very disturbing piece of information. Uh, Dr. Scott Jensen said the American Medical Association is now encouraging doctors to overcount coronavirus deaths across the country. He, he, this guy's a senator and a medical doctor. Okay, Jensen received a seven-page document that showed him how to fill out death certificates, as he didn't know how to do that. You know, as the COVID-19 diagnosis, even when there isn't a lab test confirming the diagnosis, so you don't need a lab test anymore. Silly. Just label it as COVID-19. You know, guy dies in a skydiving accident. COVID-19. 
course. Suicide off a bridge, COVID-19. You get, um, right now, Medicare is determining that if you have COVID-19 admission to the hospital, you get 13,000 bucks for that, okay? If that COVID uh, patient 19 goes on a ventilator, then you get 39 grand, three times as much. So I, I guess you could add the 13 to the 39 grand. Would bring up to 52 grand per patient? Nobody can tell me after 35 years in the world of medicine that sometimes those kind of things impact on what we do. Um, that's what he said. Let's go ahead and just listen to this interview here. I hope you're seeing how wicked and evil and insane and this whole situation has become. My next guest is a doctor and state senator in Minnesota who is deeply troubled by the CDC's latest guidance for counting COVID deaths. Dr. Scott Jensen joins me now. Uh, doctor, I want to read for our viewers what the CDC says in part about how to count COVID deaths relating to that last issue we just raised. In cases where a definite diagnosis of COVID cannot be made, but is suspected or likely, like the circumstances are compelling with a reasonable degree of certainty, it is acceptable to report COVID-19 on a death certificate as probable or presumed. So doctor, what's the problem with that? Well, in short, it's ridiculous. I spent some time earlier today just going through the CDC's manual on how to complete death certificates and part, the parts that were specifically written for physicians. And in that manual, it talks of precision and specificity, and that's what we were trained with. The determination of the cause of death is a big deal. It has impact on estate planning. It has impact on future generations. And the idea that we're going to allow people to massage and sort of game the numbers is a real issue because we're going to undermine the trust. And right now, as we see politicians doing things that aren't necessarily motivated on fact and science, the public's going to, their trust in politicians. See, that, that, that $1,200 check, that gentleman that I told you about burned, and he was, he was holding it up as he was burned. He says, this is your payoff. I'm not taking the payoff from the government anymore. I'm not, this is, this is my hush money. This is my money for me to shut up. That's the, that's the hospital's hush money. The $13,000 to admit a COVID. Oh, it's COVID. Oh, it's a head trauma from a car access. It's COVID, obviously. You know, and then, oh, let's get them on a ventilator. So now there's all this motivation to put them on ventilators, which is going to destroy their lungs, according to all these other reports I've shown you. They don't care. Just as long as they get their thirty nine grand off that. So that's their hush money, and that's their motivation for, hey, if you get them on a ventilator, they're probably going to die anyway because it's going to damage their lungs so much that you know, then that's another COVID death, another death in their, their statistics. So this is the money that's being paid to make this all happen. Already wearing thin. And doctor, in that same CDC guidance sheet on COVID-19, it references- Have you ever heard in a study that I've ever played ever, me play so many medical doctors and so many mainstream reports. My job is becoming that easy where I can play mainstream medical doctors and Fox News and things of this nature and, and absolutely, totally verify everything that I'm telling you. It's become that easy because normally this would be like fringe stuff that some, some would uh, say I'm covering and things of this nature. Not today. Nope. Nope. My job's getting easier and easier by the second. Is the fact that basically this is a judgment call 
for doctors on how to fit, you know, I read it, how to, what goes on line one, and then what goes on line two, and what goes on the final line as far as contributory, uh, contributing factors and, and ultimate cause of death. But they concede that it is a judgment call. It, again, why is that not correct? Well, let's just take influenza. If I have a patient died uh, a month ago, had fever, a cough, and a diet after three days and maybe had been an elderly, fragile individual, and there happened to be an influenza epidemic around our community, I wouldn't put influenza on the death certificate, and I've never been encouraged to do so. I would put probably uh, respiratory arrest would be the top line, and the underlying cause of disease would be pneumonia, and in the contributing factors, I might well put emphysema or congestive heart failure, but I would never put influenza down as, as the underlying cause of death, and yet that's what we're being asked to do here. Dr. Fauci was asked about the COVID death count today. Here's what he said in part. What do you say to those folks who are, who are making the claim without really any evidence that these deaths are being padded, that the number of COVID-19 deaths are being padded? How could you say that they're not being padded? They're being told to do this. Just not mark down COVID-19. It's, it's being reported all over. It's been, been reported. How could you say that it's not padded, it is being padded. It's like, they're just basically saying, well, yeah, we're, we're told to do this, but when they're confronted with the fact that they've openly admitted this, they're just denying it, but yet they're being told to do this. You will always have conspiracy theories when you oh, have- Oh, rot, you little uh, devil. Very challenging public This is this little reptile, Anthony Fauci, that, that is absolutely, totally, um, the medical pharma cartel, he's in control of the government now. He's more powerful than Trump. He is absolutely a total Rothschild, Rockefeller cutout uh, that's been in place for a long time. I've got a lot of other information to report on him. This guy is an absolute Satanist Luciferian that loves death, loves evil, has an absolute total history of all of these different cover-ups, and he loves Satan. That's all I can tell you. This guy absolutely loves Satan, and he's doing a yeoman's job at serving him. Crises, they are nothing but distractions. Oh, yeah. Aren't you above the fray? Conspiracy theories, doctor? So you're engaging in conspiracy theories. What do you say to Dr. Fauci tonight? Well, I would remind him that anytime healthcare intersects with dollars, it gets awkward. Right now, Medicare has determined that if you have a COVID-19 admission to the hospital, you'll get paid thirteen thousand dollars. Exactly. If that COVID-19 patient goes on a ventilator, you get thirty-nine thousand dollars, three times as much. Nobody can tell me after thirty-five years in the world of medicine that some, especially when they've suspended all elective surgeries in the hospitals, and the hospitals are empty, they're going to be desperate for every dime they can get in. Times those kinds of things impact on what we do. Some physicians really have a bent towards public health, and they will put down influenza or whatever because that's their preference. I try to stay very specific, very precise. If I know I've got pneumonia, that's what's going on, the death certificate. I'm not going to add stuff just because it's convenient. See, they're trying to corrupt the, the doctors that are out there that by this money. That's what they're trying to do. The ones that are honest, they're trying to entice them into doing this. I think that it's not... The Bible talks about, you know, you know, deliver us, keep us from temptation, deliver us from evil. It's part of the Lord's prayer, and, and that's something we should be praying every day, you know, but they're trying to just tempt all these medical doctors and the people at large getting the stimulus checks would just, okay, keep your mouth shut, do as you're told, 
whatever, there's financial incentives for doing, for serving Satan, at least for now, up until the point when you, they herd you into the death camps. And it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so you, you, reje you reject what he said. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting that in Italy, where it's socialized medicine, I guess they don't have an interest in the, the money, uh, if that's what it is here. And they just went back and they started reclassifying deaths, according to their, their top scientific advisor. So they admitted that they were being liberal or generous in how they coded some of these deaths, and, and they're just going back and reclassifying them. Does that surprise you? It really does. I'm I mean, let's just take someone getting hit by a bus and they, they collapse along and they go into the emergency room and they're there for 15, 20 minutes. Blood work comes back. COVID test comes back positive and they die 20 minutes later because of their collapsed lung. We're going to put that down as COVID-19. That doesn't make any sense. Dr. Jensen, really important conversation. We really, really. Meaning most of the people at this point have probably been exposed to COVID-19 and might, it might show a positive on a blood test. But they're totally asymptomatic because guess what? Their immune system is fighting it off. It's not even a factor. If you've got any kind of health status and immune immunity at all, that's what your body is designed to do. But hey, you know, we'll just classify it as that because the hospital gets a whole bunch of whole bunch more money and then and then the government likes to pad in those statistics. Next report abolish family, eat bugs, inject female hormones. COVID 19 is Christmas for liberal control freaks. The coronavirus pandemic is already triggering a massive upheaval in the way we live. But amid the chaos, extreme liberal social engineers are plotting fresh attacks, hoping to upend even the things many of us have taken for granted. In a little over two months, governments across the Western world have granted themselves the power to place their entire country under house arrest, all in the name of fighting coronavirus. From the Br British constabulary breaking up legal picnics to American law enforcement seeking the power to detain indefinitely without trial, civil, liber civil liberties have been assaulted in every corner of the free world. Just as governments have flexed their authoritarian muscles, the media and the academia have already already decided on that they how they want the post-coronavirus world to look. And it is a hellish dystopia. Relatively little known about the virus and some of its characteristics, like the AIDS-like attack on the immune system it can cause, have baffled scientists. Well, that's because it's an engineered bioweapon. However, the pathogen seems to pose a greater risk to men than women. Armed with this fact, the New York Times, and I've reported that, the New York Times have decided on Monday that pumping men full of female sex hormones could be the cure because it attacks men more than women. Okay. To be fair, scientists are only studying this as a potential avenue of treatment, yet the Times never once questioned the idea of chemically castrating half of the population to stop the bug. Oh, the New World Order would love that one. They're half, the, half the male population is castrated anyway because they've been pumped so full of xenoestrogens, which are these uh, estrogens that you get from like the BPA from plastic bottles and, and all of the plastic food wrappers and, and um, all of the garbage they put into the food and the processed foods and things of this nature. Most, most men are already, already have, you know, their testosterone is horribly low and their estrogen's way high. And the estrogens that are in them are these xenoestrogens, which are cancer causing. And that's the same true with women because they're getting exposed to the same thing. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, Men, it says, will get used to the tenderness in the breasts and hot flashes. <laughs> yeah, so we need to pump more female hormones and uh, into the men. 
And Tyson Foods, one of the U.S. largest meat processing mega corporations, announced on Sunday that the food chain is already breaking. A simple fix for this looming crisis would be to relax USDA regulations that favor factory farmers and allow small producers to sell local retailers. At present, regulations essentially prohibit the slaughter of livestock in any facility that can't afford to comply. Representative Thomas Massey, a dissident Kentucky Republican, has already proposed a bill to resolve this and to allow consumers to buy directly from farmers. Here's an interview he did a few years ago that explains how creating one small exemption to one regulation could help facilitate a revival of safe, safe, healthy, local, and affordable beef and pork, but we can't have that. The media, however, has other ideas. You should start eating bugs, Popular Science wrote last week. Here's how. It continued before describing the wonderful tanginess of ants and imploring readers to conquer their fear of scorpion stew. I'm not making this up. Hundreds of articles extolling the virtues of insect-based diets are churned out every month now. I've been reporting on this. This is where we're heading, guys. Insects are the food of the future, we hear. Beef won't be what's for dinner much longer, the bug men proclaim. There, uh, there are many such cases. Of course, we've lusted, um, if we lusted after bugs the same way we crave a nice juicy steak, they wouldn't uh, have to try so hard. These articles always mention Westerners' cultural hang-ups about eat eating creepy crawlies as something to overcome, something to be engineered out of us. In short, they'll have to break us before we start guzzling down mealworms and relish the thought of that. The economic crisis looming in the EU overlords legalized food made from worms and baby crickets. Mm, yummy! And none of the last vestiges of the independents are off limits, including your family. This pandemic has exposed the myth of the nuclear family. The Guardian's Zoe Williams wrote last month, uh, before columnist Susan Moore exhorted, we need to disband the nuclear family for good. Just, now, just so you know, the nuclear family is a, fa a family group that consists of, of parents and children. Okay, God do away with that because then you do away with humanity, obviously. And, you know, the Washington Post, Ian Corbin joined in the chorus when he prophesied the coronavirus might break the nuclear family, but that wouldn't be a bad thing. No, it would just, you know, lead to the collapse of all humanity. But, you know, big, what big, it's not a big deal. The nuclear family with all of its patriarchal overtones, has long been the mortal enemy of feminist bloggers and the wannabe lesbian commissars who write for The Guardian. However, the societal shakeup brought out by the coronavirus has given these people fresh impetus to push their evil satanic agendas into the mainstream. Single-family dwellings, the cornerstone of American life, are racist, and liberal think tanks have declared. Homeschooling is evil and authoritarian and perpetuates white supremacy, a Harvard professor claimed last week. Individualism will fade away as science reigns again. Hail George Orwell. Hail Aldous Huxley. That's where we're moving. If there's not massive pushback, that's where we're moving. This insanity level evil. Then we have this, food chain supply and danger. Americans seem blissfully unaware they are heading into national starvation as meat packing and processing plants shut down over this coronavirus infection. Ranchers are being told they must bulldoze their cattle into the ground, dead, because there's no way to process the meat. So even though they got the meat, it's healthy. You gotta, gotta kill the meat off and bulldoze it into the ground. You don't have several months worth of meat. If you don't have several months of meat, get your affairs in order. Millions of pigs, chickens, and cattle are being euthanized because of the slaughterhouse closures, limiting supplies at grocers, said John Tyson, chairman of the top U.S. meat supplier, Tyson Foods. But don't worry, 
He's got, and I went into this, I don't know, about a month ago, Tyson's already got their, their Franken meat, their faux meat, their GMO Franken meat ready in the wings, ready and willing and waiting to bring to market when we can't get real meat anymore. Guaranteed, that's going to be comprised of whatever GMO garbage they got. They're going to grow it in laboratories. They're going to probably combine it with crickets. It's going to be like Soylent Green, okay? The movie Soylent Green, if you don't know what I'm talking about. That's where we're. That's where we're heading. Okay, and they're they're already these these um these meat suppliers were already on board with this. They knew this was coming. They get they've been they've been given the heads up that they're they were going to transition to this because they're all in on it. The world's biggest meat companies, including Smithfield Foods, Cargill, JBS, USA, uh, and Tyson Foods, have halted operations at about twenty slaughterhouses and processing plants in North America since April as workers fall ill, stoking global. I really wonder how many have fallen ill. Oh, we've got some people with, with slight temperatures. We gotta shut everything down. Probably all by design on purpose to fulfill all of this. Stoking global fears of meat shortage. Ranchers like the Texas man below are sounding the alarm to America. Meat is running out. I'm gonna play this video now. Isn't life grand? You know, isn't it just make you all feel warm and fuzzy? Here we go with this. Hey, everybody, this is Shad Sullivan coming to you from the headwaters of Bitter Creek, Archer County, North Texas. We have to talk. State officials will be assisting to help identify potential alternative markets if a producer is unable to move animals and if necessary advise and assist on depopulation and disposal methods. Ladies and gentlemen, we are plowing under vegetable crops from coast to coast. We are euthanizing millions of chickens. We are aborting sows and burying feeder pigs. We are dumping milk by the hundreds of thousands of gallons, and now they are preparing us to depopulate the fat cattle ready to harvest because of a bottleneck created by the effects of COVID. This thing hasn't been created by COVID, but the effects of COVID and the logistics therein. We are in trouble. Our food supply is in trouble and I am appealing to producers and consumers across the nation to start calling. Yesterday the first shipment of imported beef from the country of Namibia hit the shores of the United States of America and yet this Namibia is that where you want your beef coming from? The thing is, is we're plowing under, we're killing our own beef so we can get this third world meat. And again, this is again, all by design. This morning, they are telling us to prepare to euthanize harvest ready cattle. Am I the only one that sees a problem in this? See all the agendas the COVID-19's fulfilling all in, in, in the satanic agenda and scheme of things? It is time we get the American people back to work. It is time we get money flowing. It is time we get food on the shelves. Because if you're not concerned about this food supply problem, 
You better be. You know, all I could say is I would encourage people to spread these broadcasts that I'm doing far and wide, whether it offends anybody or not, because we're we're really at the end of the rope here. This is this is if it if it keeps going in this other direction. There's a lot of good stuff going on, but I don't know if we have enough momentum right now. If there's enough people praying about this right now to actually turn the tide, I don't know. Uh, but we're at a crucial crucial crossroads, and and. I try as a ministry to take everything and consolidate it and distill it to make it one-step shopping for you. No charge, no nothing for anything that I'm putting out. Plus, I give you a gigantic PDF every time I put out a teaching that shows you, gives you all the documentation of what we're talking about. I don't know how much easier I, I can actually make it. And I'm trying to do that so that we can get the word out and, and wake people up to, to this unbelievable evil that we're facing. We have a huge supply and demand of food across this nation. We can feed the world ourselves, and yet we're destroying our harvests. Yes. At the same time, we are importing beef from other countries, beef that is less regulated than our beef, less safe, not as high quality of product, and yet it's happening. At the same time, they are preparing for us to euthanize our harvests. Does that make sense to America? For the last 10 years, we have been uh, pressed to be sustainable. I've said all along, sustainability is a fraud. And right now, the world sustain that word sustainability, when you hear that, is always a new age, uh, more of a UN global uh, depopulation buzzword that you'll hear used as justification for stripping us of all of our rights and depopulating the planet and killing us all off because Mother Gaia might be grieved over something that man is doing and she's our mother, we can't grieve her. No, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein, okay? All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. That's what the Bible says about Jesus Christ in the New Testament in John. We're being forced to destroy our harvests. That doesn't sound like sustainability to me. But it is part of the overall goal to vertically integrate your food system. You see, they cannot have control of the people unless they have control of the food, the water, the land, production. Yeah, exactly. It is time we get back to work. It is time... Uh, the American people... And notice, Trump's doing nothing about any of this. Not a thing. Nobody's holding his feet to the fire either, as far as I can see. Very few. Very few. Because he's still got so many people brainwashed over this. And I'm not talking about my listeners. I'm saying people in general. They should be mass, mass, mass going after Trump on this. Because he's doing nothing, as far as I can see. Because he's one of them. He's one of them. He's not in control. And he's never really been in control. Force uh, the government to listen to us. We are of, by, and for the people. This is not Nancy Pelosi's country. This is not Donald Trump's country. This is your country. And you're going to go hungry. We must get regional and local packing houses up and going. Do we have to have those big, big packing plants? You bet we do. And they need to be running right now. We need help. 
You as a consumer are in trouble. My dad told me years ago the best thing that would happen to America is if everybody had to sit in the dark, cold, and hungry, and that would wake them up. Well, I think it's coming. We're in a dangerous position, ladies and gentlemen. We need to get inspectors into these small plants. We need to get better inspectors. We need to get going on this today, not tomorrow, today. You need to be calling your legislators. We need to be opening up the country. Your food supply is in danger. Ranchers are going broke every day. We're doing all we can to stay here. We are in crisis in America. This is a crisis. They're doing all they can to stay, and our government's doing everything they can do to destroy them. This is a national crisis, and everybody's just sitting back enjoying their time off, enjoying that $1,200. Oh, yeah, that's stimulus. Hush money. Shut up and, and stay home and play your video games and eat Hot Pockets in your mom's basement money. Oh, yeah. Not knowing that overnight you're going to go hungry. It's coming. Oh, the government will have a remedy. They'll have a remedy. It'll be like bread lines and food lines and take your vaccine and, and shut up and comply and get your microchips. Yeah, you'll still be able to be fed eventually, for at least for a time. Ladies and gentlemen, we need your help. We need your help today. Everybody, all hands on deck. It's time. We need you to go to USA, uh, demandusabeef.com, sign the petition for country of origin labeling. People want to know where their food comes from. I don't want any beef out of Namibia. I don't want any beef out of Brazil. I want my own beef. I'm blessed to be able to eat my own beef. But a lot of you aren't. And you need the freedom to choose your product. Demand mandatory country of origin labeling. Demand that these people get back to work. Where have our patriots gone? Where are you? I ask you that today. This thing's going to be incredibly tough overnight. It's already tough. You think the shelves were empty two weeks ago. You just wait. We have a bottleneck in this processing facility and the logistics in this uh, transportation system of our food supply. You think we're not in trouble? We are. I'm sorry. My tone is so bad. I'm so upset. But we have got to get this going today, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate your support. Producers, start reaching out to consumers. Forget these associations. Forget all of the, the corrupt bullcrap that's been going on. we got to put a stop to it, too. It's time. My apologies for my tone. I'm worried about my country. Try to make it a good day, you guys. So, that was a very, very viral video. Uh, I give you a link here. Petition to immediately pass mandatory country of origin labeling for beef, pork, and dairy. I think it's the I think it's the one that he was in reference to. Because I looked at the website he said, and he said it was .com, and I'm pretty sure it was .org. Um but i already signed this but you can go to my link here and uh on on the pdf for this date of may uh 4th 2020 it'll be on page oh i don't know roughly probably about page 17 and uh then usabeef.org is i think the the uh, organization putting that information out so i mean i know it's so much to pray about so much to do but if we're not if we don't do it who's gonna because there's so few, very few people that are actually woke but there are people waking up there are definitely people waking up there's flaming liberals waking up and hopefully 
you know, ultimately I want to see them get saved. Okay, so the last video I'm probably going to be playing for today. And I, again, I, guys, I got, I've got i got probably another good, it might even be a couple more parts. I, It's just I can only put out so much content and I can only go so far. And, you know, you go, you get into the four, four to five hour range you speak that long it's it's tough because i'm not taking really breaks i'm just trying to do this all at once but um i will go over this other information in the next teaching uh but this last video is mass starvation another plain covid 19 outcome which would be worse to die from an infectious virus or to go chronically hungry, starve for weeks or months until you collapse and die. Maybe more importantly, which of these scenarios is more probable during this COVID-19 outbreak? For many people around the world, they don't have to imagine these possibilities because they are currently living with them. Of course, there are those who are infected with the new coronavirus, which has a death rate of less than half a percent, similar to the death rate of a regular seasonal flu, but there are also those who are unemployed, impoverished, hungry, and starvation could ultimately lead to their untimely death. Having a social and economic shutdown worldwide may have curved the infection rate for COVID-19, but the lockdown has caused a boom in poverty from unemployment, an increase in chronic hunger from a shortage of food due to the lack of farmers, ranchers, meat processing plants, food shipments, and most importantly, as a side effect of this suicidal societal shutdown, millions of more people will in fact starve to death. In addition to our world's already high statistics for dying of hunger, over 820 million people around the world are classified as being in a constant state of hunger, meaning that they don't have enough of the food they need to live an active, productive, and healthy life. An additional 265 million people are being pushed to the brink of starvation as a result of the economic lockdown, bringing the total to over 1 billion. And over 27 million people would die worldwide over just a three-month period. David Beasley, the executive director of the UN's World Food Program, has raised the alarm about this coming trend and side effect of the worldwide lockdown. So today with COVID-19, I want to stress that we're not only facing a global health pandemic, but also a global humanitarian catastrophe. Millions of civilians living in conflict-scarred nations, including many women and children, face being pushed to the brink of starvation with the specter of famine, a very real and dangerous possibility. This might sound truly shocking, but let me give you just some numbers. 821 million people bed hungry every night all over the world, chronically hungry. And as Dr. Chu just pointed out, as the new global report on food crisis that's published today shows, there are a further 135 million people facing crisis levels of hunger or worse. That means 135 million people on earth are marching toward the brink of starvation. But now the World Food Program analysis shows also due to the coronavirus that an additional 130 million people could be pushed to the brink of starvation by the end of 2020. That's a total of 265 million people.
even though all by design the coronavirus death count is completely inaccurate and padded by some doctors to receive more federal dollars and assistance it's safe to say that the lockdown saved some number of lives from covid 19 a number that has yet to be calculated and separated from the sea of deceptive death certificates however the lockdown will cause an even greater amount of people to die from lack of access to nutrition and sustenance some people in the third world don't get a choice as to whether or not they starve to death but the first world can help stop this trend worldwide so which would you pick death by sickness or starvation just know that now is the time to pick your poison before time runs out and your poison is picked for you this is Brian Wilson with InfoWars.com. So by us shutting down, not only are we going to have all the horrific things to happen here, but then that's going to cascade into other countries, and that's already happening. Uh, other third world countries are going to be greatly affected. So a, a ton to pray about. Uh, that's all I have for today. Uh, God bless you, and Lord willing, we will see you in the next audio.